Hey everyone, welcome back to High Tea Hoops. This is Brian Boucher at the Duke of Hoops. And as always, I am joined by Skylar, the Duchess of Hoops. Hi, Skylar. Hi, Brian. I paused there for you to, to get your little welcome in this time. I'm learning. Yeah. And, I know. I, oh, I don't do that as you again. often. <laughs> we'll get it. We'll eventually we gotta, get this we, Yeah, intro. we got to get better at these intros. Uh, I am so excited to bring on Mike Miller uh, from Double Clutch UK as our special guest today during our Tea Time episode. Mike, what's up? Hey, uh, all good here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, so to start off with, just to give our audience a little bit uh, of an idea of you, and uh, you're already on a podcast that covers the NBA in the UK. Uh, they probably know you, but give us a little uh, background on yourself before we launch into our segments. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm Mike Miller, not the other Mike Miller or the other Mike Miller. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, sorry to dis- There's definitely one person who's tweeted you with a question who's going to be disappointed that you're talking to this Mike Miller. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I've been an MBA addict since I was about 10 or 11. And then in, I'm, I'm considerably older than that now. And since 2015, I've been involved in Double Clutch. Uh, I've just, just love the game, love talking about it. And now I'm too old to play much. So, uh, yeah, this is how I, how I fill that void in my life. And we got some great Twitter questions. So I'm just going to go rapid fire for a second. Stateside high school basketball career? Yep, that's Question inaccurate. Question mark? No. Yeah, inaccurate? so that, that's, okay. that's inaccurate. Uh, I lived in uh just outside portland in salem for a year i went to willamette oh, nice. university for a year and uh long and short i tried to walk on for the basketball team and was promptly carried off so uh, <laughs> my well, my my basketball career did not go very well over in america uh another one how is your son reggie doing yep so that <laughs> so my son is turned to what are we now the 14th of august no 19th well days blurring together so he's been two for 19 days and um, there was a Twitter poll as to what his name should be before he was born. And mm-hmm. unsurprisingly, the, the, uh, the, all, all of the answers suggested were Reggie. And there was a four-way tie or three-way tie. It was 31% or something like that. It was some ridiculous amount that it tied up that <laughs> happened to be Reggie's number. Uh, but I couldn't call him Reggie, not only because I'm not the biggest Reggie Miller fan, but also because in honor of Reggie Miller, my brother named his yellow dog Reggie. So uh, no, I... <laughs> My my son does have a suitable basketball yeah. name. He is JJ Miller uh, after. Nice. Well, so he so there's many things going on here. Obviously, there's the Miller connection with Reggie. His yep. middle name is Jordan, so I'm setting the bar high. Uh, and then JJ <laughs> with Reddick as well. So if this guy it doesn't turn into a pure shooter, then then I've failed as a parent. Completely failed. Last one, uh, shoeless three. That's from so that, that's Hendrick. that's a as a reference to uh the real mike miller <laughs> in that, that shoeless three from so murray's going to be disappointed Mur- murray is going to be totally disappointed but i have met the real mike miller and the world did not implode when the two of us met so that's a good thing <laughs> um Amazing. in fact he was playing for your nuggets at the time it was yeah i want to say 2017 when denver played indiana at the o2 and we really got into the colorado spirit because the snow fell on the o2 like it was part of the rockies and Denver just whooped Indiana, like absolutely destroyed them. I think they shot percent from the field in the second half or something <laughs> just obscene like that. Um, but yeah, I met Mike Miller. He didn't want to talk to anyone. The only reason I got to talk to him was because I was like, my name's Mike Miller. And he was like, really? <laughs> but it really is. And we shared a moment and it was fantastic. And he's ignored me ever since. Nice. That's a, that's a good strategy to get an interview. Uh, you just say that your name is theirs. Exactly. And who knows if they'll believe it or not. Yeah, I think I could probably get away with a few. Um, George Murasan called me his son. 
because uh, <laughs> apparently, and I, I, no offense to George, but I kind of took that as an insult. uh all right that's the end of our rapid fire twitter questions thank you everyone for submitting sorry that this isn't the real mike miller but i think this mike miller will do a better job with the pod so i wouldn't worry too much uh first segment in our tea time show is takeaways from the first two days of the playoffs so skylar i'm gonna kick it to you first um what is one of your top takeaways from these these first couple days of nba playoff action which i'm so excited is back yeah so excited is back let me just up top say this is so much fun getting to watch mm-hmm. like just playoff games literally all day long. All I day. feel like I'm watching March Madness in like the best way. Um, my first takeaway, my biggest takeaway from these first two days of games is that our top teams are looking rough. Bad. They're looking shaky. We saw the Bucks lose and the Lakers lose. It's it's tough. Should we talk about the Bucks first and the Magic? As, as predicted by the Duchess in our Sunday roast show, where she was like, ah, Bucks are looking a little weird. Lakers are looking a little weird. I'd be concerned. Yeah, let's start with the Bucks. I would like to take credit for correctly predicting that the Bucks were going to lose their heads, but I also would like to not ever be held accountable for my bad takes. So just yeah. take all of this with a grain of salt. Mike, how I do guess. people do that? Are we allowed to do that? Can we only take credit for the good ones? Just never mention when you've got it wrong. That's all, that's all I literally, I've been veteran. thinking about, I've been thinking about, there was a game, one of the games yesterday, I was started thinking about this take I had like two weeks ago and I was like, I hope no one remembers that take yeah, and I'm just, just not going to say it. I'm not even going to tell Brian. <laughs> it, it's all recency bias, isn't it? It's you, you just promote and, and plug it when you get it right straight away and no one will remember yep. the rest. Yep. Good yep. feedback. But let's start with the Bucks. The yeah. Bucks looked rough. Yeah. It's weird. Like the Bucks, it's interesting because it's interesting how the bubble is going to affect different teams. Mm-hmm. So I, we joked around about the Magic having home court advantage in the bubble. I don't think that's true at all, but it has to be um, a part of it. They feel comfortable. I don't think there. It, I honestly don't think it's part of it. That was gonna be one of my the, jokes. <laughs> sorry I stepped on it, Brian. This okay. is for all the, my jokes that you've stepped on. <laughs> Um, but the Bucks, like, it's insane how much of a home court advantage the Bucks have when they're in Milwaukee. Like, they just have yeah. an insane stadium, insane fans. Uh, the Magic won't have that. But I think the best thing for the Magic in this series is that they're not going to have to go play at Fiserv. They're yeah. not going to have to go play in the Bucks' home. And so I think a lot of these series... I, we'll, we're just going to see interesting games, I think, and I don't think all of these series are going to be as clear-cut as we expected they would be if they weren't in the bubble. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? What do you What did you see from the Bucks game? Uh, I, I saw a team that has not taken the bubble seriously. They had yeah. they had the one seed locked up. They've not they've not had to push, whereas the Magic, to a degree, have. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Wizards were a long way back, but the Magic, the Magic yeah. have had to try in these games. They they were uh, supplanted by the Nets, but the, the the Bucks have just been on easy street for them. It it was just like preseason almost, and now they need to go from having just been relaxed and chilled out, nothing at stake, to okay, we're in the playoffs. And I think this is going to serve as a, a wake up call for them. Yeah, but I'm I'm not worried for them because you know the Magic beat Toronto last year in the first game of the playoffs. And my reaction then is my same reaction as it is to this one, or it's going to be 4-1 then. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty consistent thread with the top teams is they took it a little easy. It was more like a ramp up as opposed to like this is the start of the playoffs, like a lot of the lower-seeded teams took it. And they just didn't seem quite ready. And it didn't really seem like they were ready to go. Even, you know, can Giannis have a bad game if he has 31 points and 25 rebounds and has done everything on the court? Maybe. Um, but we saw this from the Lakers, which I want to transition to. The Lakers kind of did a similar approach, Mike, where uh, – they had it locked up and they rested and they've had kind of just trying out different players and the trailblazers have treated every single game like a playoff game and are ready to go out of the gate. So what did you see from this Lakers game, Mike? Uh, you're exactly right. The, the Blazers have been in playoff mode for now 18 days or so. And the Lakers are only just realizing that it's time to start playing. Um, obviously LeBron had a fantastic game. I yeah. mean, to do what he's doing at his age is is phenomenal, irrespective of the fact it's it didn't even crack his top 100 games per game score or something crazy yeah, like that. It's, yeah. it's nuts what he's doing. Um, but they had a bad night. The, the the role players didn't step up, and I don't expect that to continue throughout the series. They they will get it together. And uh, again, as much as the Blazers are the worst opponent for the Lakers to face in this opening round, I, I don't see how they can go the distance with them. Yeah. Skylar, what did you see from that Lakers game that we were that we were watching diligently last night? Well, I was very disappointed in Carl Kuzma's performance. First of all, <laughs> yeah, Charles I mean, Barkley. <laughs> he wilds out he, on that show. It's unbelievable. He Charles Barkley was high as hell on that show last <laughs> night. He was not sober. Um, yeah, I mean, exactly like Mike said, it was LeBron had a great night, but LeBron at his age, I don't know that can carry a team past a team like the Blazers. He's just, he's not going to be able to do it on his own. And so if they're going to want to b- beat this team and win this series, the role players have got to step up. Yeah, I it was really interesting watching because obviously the Blazers kind of went out to a really fast lead. I think they had, what, 30 something in the first quarter. And then yeah. it really slowed down as you saw the Lakers get into a little bit more of a flow. Uh, the Lakers took the lead. But then I think the Blazers, because they're in this playoff mode, they went into like that killer instinct that they've had to do every single game because every game has been close. And they yeah. you know, put their, put their foot on the gas and closed out the game. And the Lakers kind of fell apart. Where the, I, I don't know what the, the Lakers didn't really foul to try to extend the game. They kind of just... I don't know. It just felt like they just kind of gave up at the end, which was really weird to see. Uh, And for the trailblazers and like Damian Lillard hitting those logo shots every game, Melo hitting those shots, CJ, like they've been doing this every single game. And the Lakers really haven't been tested like that. And it seemed like they fell apart a little bit, but it didn't seem like the trailblazers played that well either. You know, they were Mm -hmm. all missing a bunch of shots. So uh, Mike, you think this is going six, five? You think the Lakers are just going to be like, all right, we're going to snap out of it and go for it. I don't know if they can snap out of it. I had it going six. Okay. Um, I, I just think that this is LeBron. We know what LeBron's like. This could be him. You know, remember how he liked to subtweet? This could be yeah. him like in action, that the physical embodiment of subtweeting, of, of like, you guys need to step up now. Yeah. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna try and win this game. We're not gonna go all out with the with the fouling, extending the game, trying to get back into it. We'll, we'll let it lose. Yeah, because you guys need to have a wake-up call here. If I start bailing you out again, it's going to limit us later on in the series and perhaps even in the later rounds. The Blazers, um, if people treat them as an eighth seed, they're not. They're not an eighth seed. We know when they're healthy. Even last year, Western Conference Final without Nurkic, and 
they are, they're much better than what they appear to be uh, in terms of rankings, but they're just not on the same level. Yeah. Uh, Skylar, any Kuzma takes before we move on? Uh, no. I, I think I'm going to be calling him Carl from now on, just so that everyone knows. No, but I do think like this isn't something we've talked about as much on this podcast and Braun brought it up in his like post game media scrum last night. Um, it's, it is different for them too, without fans there. Like we talked a lot yeah. about what it's like for us as viewers watching these games without fans. And I think we haven't really talked a ton about how it's different for them as players. Like Braun was saying uh, it's, not as easy for them to just snap into playoff game mode or even just normal game mode when there's not fans there to kind of help them yeah. get hyped up and get in their heads. Like, obviously, all guys have different motivations and stuff. But, you know, I think it's going to be tough, especially just because um, the Lakers, it's not easy to just snap into playoff mode if you've just yeah. been, you know, doing whatever in those first eight games. And it's going to be even harder in this situation. So, yeah, yeah they got to figure it out fast. I'll just say with Kuzma, he has like one moment a quarter and then he just like flexes yeah. on everyone and gets all swaggy. I'm like, come on, dude, you can't score like 14 points and do that every single time you score. Just like yeah. step up a little bit. Uh, and then Carl. Hassan Whiteside just blocked every shot. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's amazing. He right, set up that logo Lillard shot. Yeah. I like Hassan Whiteside. I don't think is very good, but he was huge in that game. And yeah, who knows? Blocking AD and Dwight. It was amazing. It's a matchup that works well for traditional lineups where mm -hmm. you get the, the bigs actually seem relevant again. The minute they go yeah. against the team which has got smaller lineups, none of those big men are going to be able to do what they did yesterday. No. Nope. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a time for him to shine. Exactly. What We know what Whiteside's like. He'll be fantastic <laughs> one game and then just not even be on the court. Yep. He'll do like four fouls in the first three minutes and not be able to play. Uh, all right. Let's move on to our next one. Mike, what is one of your biggest takeaways? Um, I kind of echoing the same thing. It's it's that it's that to do with home court advantage. It's that the bubble is like a thunderdome. You do not know what's <laughs> going. You cannot predict it. This is ridiculous. Like yeah. the whole thing. You think you think you can in the normal season. You can sort of make educated guesses, which at least you know stand a chance of being able to to replug it because you got it right. But here it's just you can make something that seems set in stone and it's just gone yep so it's on that let's overreact a little bit or underreact or whatever reaction you want who do you like so far who's like really stood out if we're going to take this one game as an example and extend it out um houston which actually makes me feel a bit dirty nice no <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they put 123 points on okc without westbrook without <laughs> significant contributions from robert covington yep and the next man up was jeff green <laughs> what that's mad i thought this series was going to go six or seven games if 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 this sort of trend continues that's just that i yeah wow i mean to be fair okc looked awful awful yeah shy had like nine points or something where he was supposed yeah. to be one of the key role players and he did not step up Jeff Green's dunking like two, off two feet from almost the free throw line. And you're like, what's going on? I love these Jeff Green games, by the way, just like on and off. I love when we get an on Jeff Green game and we just get to go on Twitter at Jeff Green's history again. Um, <laughs> Skylar, who's, who are some of your favorite teams that you've seen so far? Yeah, I agree with Mike. I was big on 
uh, the Rockets coming into those playoffs. I thought they looked great in that first game. I was super into it. Um, I'm not even going to really touch on the Raptors who I picked to win yeah. just because it was a blowout. And it's um, the Nets. But, and it's the Nets. We love Karis LeVert, but sorry, the Nets are going in four. Um, I was really impressed with, we already talked about the Blazers a bit. I thought they looked great, especially in that first half. Uh, I loved the Heat. I thought that Heat Pacers game, I wanted it to be, you know, I wanted it to be a little bit more competitive. I wanted there to be a little bit more like, it just didn't seem like any of them were super, super into it yet, but I thought the Heat looked great. I thought Jimmy Butler was doing a really great job leading that team, which Jimmy Butler, like we can kind of see him go either way, but it seems like he's found a team here that he really fits on and that he really likes the guys and he really cares about the team. And so now he's doing everything he can to lead this team. And that's my favorite Jimmy Butler to see. Yeah, they just fit. You know, they have good coaching. Everything is pieced together. Your guy, Duncan Robinson, Skyler, is doing more than just shooting. Uh, which yep. when you shoot 50%, you don't have to do much more, but he is actually kind of a scent. They, they call plays for him and he can do things off the dribble and pass. Um, so well, yeah, him I just like being fun. on the court is like, has such a big impact on the offense and on the other team's defense. Like they, they have to close out on him every single yeah. time he has the ball or he's going to be just draining it in their face. So it just, it affects the court in so many other ways than just him coming on and hitting and bunch of insane threes I also saw an insane stat that his like his percentage of made threes is like 44 percent or something 44.7 and then his percentage when they're contested is like 44.9 it's higher (laughs) which I love Duncan Robinson yeah Mike insane how good his shot is Skylar went to uni with uh with Duncan so we've been watching him blossom and grow he went they went to Michigan together um so it's been fun to see them how, how many NBA? Sorry, side sidebar. How, how many NBA players did you go to college with? Because you went Mo Wagner as well. Um, yeah, Michigan's just quite a powerhouse. A yeah, Trey, Bur- Trey Burke, or were you a little too yeah. young for that? Same. I was a little too young for Trey Burke. Karis Levert, Levert uh, DJ Wilson. Um, I'm forgetting a bunch at this point. Mo Wagner, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Glenn yeah, Robinson. There's the a third. bunch. There's a bunch of good guys in the league right now for Michigan. I went to Dartmouth, Mike, so we do not produce NBA players. <laughs> no. Does not does not happen. You get a good education, no basketball players. Uh, next one I want to go into is Gordon Hayward is out for at least four weeks. He sprained his ankle. It looked pretty bad, and he has a history of this, obviously, when he snapped his leg in half uh, in that first game with the Celtics. So, Mike, <laughs> I, I, it's hard to watch. I sprain my ankles all the time, too, so it's just it's too much. Uh, but Mike, how do you think this is going to affect this series and the Celtics chances moving forward? Cause I was really looking forward to this 76ers Celtics series and then a Celtics run. Obviously it's a huge loss. I mean, he's, he's one of their most effective scorers. He does a lot of things uh, to keep the offense going. He's great at passing. He's just great. At everything. He allows them to be a lot more switchable on mm-hmm. defense, but I think this is a good thing because wow. he was always going to be missing time. His wife is due to give birth next month. So at some point, they would need to play without Gordon Hayward. Isn't it good now to get it against a weakened Philadelphia team in, a, in an earlier round so you can adjust and get people playing in roles that they're not necessarily uh, accustomed to? Like to do that now rather than have to do it in a second round, probably against someone like Toronto. 
That's a good point. I forgot about his wife being due and that he was going to have to leave like Conley's left for the jazz. Uh, How long is that quarantine period? Uh, Four four days days once they get back. Whilst they're away, they have to be tested every day. Um, So I think Conley arrived back Monday night, so he should be ready to go for game three, I want to say. Got it. So it wouldn't have been too long, but that's still, you know, a week you're basically out. Um, Three games in the series, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, maybe I just, there. it just seems like the replacement wings just can't fill it. But you're right. The Celtics or the, the 76ers don't have Ben Simmons and Bede's just freaking out every single, like he, it just doesn't look like he's there mentally. Um, so yeah, maybe it's if they can solidify a rotation without Hayward, that might help them in the long term. What do you think, Skylar? Or did you, do you even care of... about the Celtics? <laughs> We've roasted them so many times. <laughs> I have roasted them a lot. I'm just scared of what the rest of this series against the Sixers is going to look like as the Celtics try to figure it out. That that game, when was that, Monday? It, I was like, this is – it just looked so messy. Both teams looked super messy. Eventually, Jason Tatum ended up stepping up and kind of taking over the game. But I was like – just neither of these teams look in it. Joel Embiid was throwing himself all over the floor, which is, yeah. I, I love Joel Embiid, but if I'm a Sixers fan and he's consistently getting hurt, just had an injury like two weeks ago. I, do you want Joel Embiid like throwing himself all over the fo- floor for these loose balls when it's like, it's the second quarter. I don't know. It no. was, it, I just thought it was a super messy game. And so I feel like this is going to be such a weird series for the rest of the rest of the series yeah uh all right last one for me this is mine i fucking hate all the fouls that they're calling the technical fouls like there was one there was one possession with uh the trailblazers lakers last night where there was four consecutive fouls with nurk and dwight just like hitting each other's arms off of each other and getting fouls the double text it's just like let them play. And then other times they just don't call anything. And all the players are looking around like, what's going on? It seems very inconsistent. The, the Porzingis ejection, which hilarious Boban moment when he was like pointing at him and like telling him to go to his room in the, in the exit way. Um, but Mike, I'd love your take on, you know, what do you think about the refs and the fouls? Do you think that having no crowd noise is affecting it? So they're calling more. I just, I don't remember them calling this many fouls, especially technical fouls in other playoff series. It, it definitely is. I think there's yeah. already been commentary about it. Um, I th- I'm trying to think who it was, but someone suggested that maybe that the, the refs needed some kind of um, emotional support because they could now hear the players <laughs> cussing them out. And so maybe they needed to be like a ref helpline, which seems like a genius <laughs> idea. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's frustrating because one of the things that is the complaint of you know, people of a certain age, you know, the game was better in my day. It was more physical, blah, 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 blah. And I get that there are a number of reasons why it's evolved differently. But this is what, exactly one of the reasons why the league is soft now and, you know, the rivalries are gone. It's because you get two guys next to each other on, on the free throw line yesterday, Dwight Howard um, yeah. and, and Mario Hazonia. And he just held his hand, which I get is a foul, but, but come on. Like, why come on why no one wants to watch that necessary and even chris Stapps, like how can you expect a guy to not like he wasn't aggressive towards them in terms of you know the first tech he just sort of went arm through the air and like frustration you want your players to be engaged and motivated and frustrated by things that don't go their way you don't want them to be reprimanded for it i get that, that we don't want them to necessarily fight on the court but let them have some emotion 
And I think the players have to bring up the emotion because what's, you know, what's everyone said, there's no fans. So there's no one to like bring them up externally. So they got to fire themselves up personally on the court with their team. And they're not able to do anything. Skylar, we've talked about this before, but I'm sure you hate this. Yeah, I'm just frustrated by how con- inconsistent it is too. Just the, f- I think the fouls and ju- the technicals are, I mean, it's insane. And I, I think there is a lot to be said of just the refs are hearing a lot all of a sudden, but yep. the inconsistency in the foul calling has been driving me crazy. That little like segment in that Lakers Blazers game where it was just foul after foul after foul. It just, it's not fun to watch. It completely slows both teams rhythms. It, almost felt like the refs were trying to like take over the game, which is the worst thing you want to happen in a Lakers game. Cause you know, all the Lakers fans are going to latch onto that and just never shut up about it. Um, <laughs> but then like we saw uh, that shot with Harden where Harden took a three and took a knee to his knee and went down and was kind of hurt and that didn't get called. And so I'm just so confused what's happening with the refs in why everything is so inconsistent right now. Like I get why more stuff is getting called, I just don't really get the inconsistency. I guess they're trying to swing back. They're yeah. realizing they're calling a lot, and they're trying to swing the pendulum back. I don't know. It's really frustrating. Yep, totally agree. Uh, but let's move on to our next segment. Uh, this is who's hot or not. So, Scott, I'm going to start with you. Who is hot in the NBA playoffs right now? Who do you got? You get one. Okay, let's start with your Nuggies. I really like that Nuggets, nuggets Jazz. <laughs> yeah, I thought that Nuggets-Jazz game was really fun. No, obviously the Nuggets aren't hot, but I think it, it was a really fun game, just both of them battling back and forth. I thought it was actually one of the most interesting games we got in those first two days was the Nuggets and Jazz battling back and forth in that game. And that wasn't a series that I was expecting to be great, but I was really into it. Yeah, overtime. What did you think, Brian? You, Mike, you guys were recording your pod through the overtime. Um, which is that, that impressive. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you were able to do that. I would have been super distracted. But yeah, the Nuggets stepped up. You know, even though Mike Conley's out, I didn't think, I, you know, I don't think they should, should have had to go to overtime. I think the Nuggets can handle the Jazz without Conley and yeah. without Bogdanovich. Um, but Donovan Mitchell putting up 57 points and just taking over on his, you know, yeah. driving and attacking and uh, for, with his outside shooting. Um, it was impressive to see us, you know, close that one out. What do you think, Mike? Joe, you know I, I was surprised it was as close as it was. I think it was early in the first quarter. Nuggets were up by about, it felt like 15 or 20. Uh, the Jazz second unit were in. And I thought, well, here we go. This is, this is just the Jazz's lack of depth. You know, Conley's out. Bogdanovich is out. They struggled offensively last year. Um, this, is, this is where they're going to get blown apart by this deep beyond belief Nuggets team. Mm-hmm. And then somehow, you know, I was, I was getting ready for the show. We were doing some bits uh, yeah. online, trying to get things ready. And the st- score's getting closer and closer. And it's like, okay, what's going on here? And then we start <laughs> the show and it was like one point game. And we were like, why are we doing, you know, why are we doing this now? And got this, I've got one eye on where I'm sat now in front of me is a, a big TV, which I have the live games on. And I was just like trying to hold the conversation, carry on talking, um, and this was going on and we kept trying to give updates. And obviously I've got it on mute. So I can't work out that Donovan Mitchell scored that many points, things like that. Yeah. It was just bad. Um, I, I, I agree that they are hot. I thought, I thought they would have disposed of the jazz without the need of overtime. Um, and Jamal Murray frustrates me. Does he even had a good game though? He kind of stopped. He's always frustrated me. So as a Nuggets fan, but he stepped up a little bit in this game. Like a little, yeah. Give me a little glimmer of hope here. 
Yeah, no, I, 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 he's a fantastic player. What frustrates me is when he gets um, crazy on elbow jump shots. He'll yeah. work his way into to, to the elbow and then he'll do some kind of reverse spin fade away or pump fake step under try and jump. And it's just, it's like, it's, it's not an efficient shot and it just feels weird. Like someone like, um, you know, a master of that sort of shot, like Kobe maybe, yep. but Jamal's not on that level yet. And it just kind of feels to me like a waste of possession sometimes, but he yep. is a phenomenal talent and they are a phenomenal team that have managed to battle so far with a number of absences. Yep. But, it, I, I I think they could easily destroy this Jazz team in the next couple of games because yeah. Donovan Mitchell, if he can put up that kind of display consistently, then wow, he he is he is an excellent excellent player beyond what I already think of him, which is already pretty freaking good. Yeah, the fact that he can do that though, and they still lose, is, is definitely concerning. But we'll see with Conley coming back. Uh, but yeah, I, I've said this on Twitter, but I, I think it's good to see this Nuggets team doing well, but I think they're still a couple years away, especially with Mark, Michael Porter Jr. developing. I think they're going to be really good next year or the year after, and I'm excited to see them develop. I just don't know if it's the, it's it's their year, especially since they have the Clippers coming up, um, if the Clippers can get by the Mavs. The other note was we had a great – or I'm going to save this for bubble, but you get to see players right after the game. It's hilarious. All right, next one. Uh, who do you think is hot, Mike? Who's hot in the in the NBA playoffs right now? Despite the L, Luca and the Mavericks. <laughs> All right. Despite the L, it took the, there's there's a great video that went around. I'm sure you saw it of uh, Luca dapping up the refs after the game, and it was yeah. like here he is, uh, <laughs> sort of you know showing respect to the team that beat him. Essentially, which I thought was a fantastic <laughs> tweet. And th- this is this Mavericks team weren't supposed to be this good this year. Mm-hmm. Luca wasn't supposed to have made the the, the leap he, he's made. Uh, most points in a playoff debut, um, and the best bit was the opening few minutes. The the, the, commenta- the Clippers were all over in the opening few minutes, and the commentators even said Doc is sending a message here that this is another game that he's not quite ready for. He went off with his ankle injury, came back and just smashed them, mm-hmm. absolutely destroyed them, and he's just too good. Yeah, I was impressed they fought back. Because mm-hmm. the Clippers had a really, what was it, 18 to 4? It was something crazy really early on. And then they fought back. And I, I, was, I was expecting them to collapse a little bit, but uh, after, especially after Porzingis went out. But Doncic carries them. And it's really impressive to see that. Skylar, did you watch uh, a lot of this game? What do you think of this kind of Doncic performance? Yeah, I saw bits of this game. I mean, Luca's, I mean, he's, it's Luca. Luca's incredible. Um, I did, I did really appreciate that commentary about, uh, the Clippers wanting to like send a message to Luca and tell him like, oh, he's still kind of not a rookie, but he's still a young guy and he's not gonna be able to pull all the stuff he does on other people on us. So then the way Luca was just able to surge back, I thought was really funny and really cool. Um, this, this team I thought looked a lot like that Lakers team we saw almost just because with Porzingis out early it literally just like looked like Luca trying to crawl his way back with this team when yeah. no one else is really producing anything. And, you know, 42 points is impressive. I think it's partly because he didn't really have anyone else producing, but uh, yeah, Luca's incredible. I don't know that he's going to be able to get this Dallas team to win on their own. Kristaps yeah. got to figure out a way to stay in games. Well, I have the Clippers to win it all. So I think the Clippers are going to handle it. The fact that the Mavs fought back and the Clippers were like, all right, we'll just adjust and, and take you down this way. 
Um, I, they're, yeah. they're going to be so tough. Just killers. Uh, I have honorable mention for hot. Uh, Fred Van Vliet put up 30. It's on the sure. nets, but who would have thought before he had a son last year, no one would have said Van Vliet's a key role player putting up 30 in the playoffs. No. So no commentary there needed. Uh, Mike, who is not hot in the playoffs right now? Oh, it's a, it's an easy cop out, but it'd be some, it would be the nets, but <laughs> so like, re- you're right. They're kind of hot in the restart. So yeah, to get blown out. You're right. I just don't think they're, I just don't think they're really the right kind of caliber team at this point to be where they are. It just, I don't know that, that, yeah, I'm, I think they kind of look themselves into seventh and they're playing above their, their relative standing at the minute. But that's a, that's a cop-out answer. Yeah, well, it's it's frustrating to see the Blazers and their quality versus the Lakers in a first round and then see the Nets-Raptors where you're like, really? This is a, this is a first-round matchup? Mm-hmm. Uh, anything to add on the Nets, Skylar? We've talked about them. We've Levert. talked a lot about the Nets. All right, who's... Yeah. who's I mean, who's... they shouldn't be there. It. Yeah, I don't know. They've got a team of nobodies. It's going to be tough for them. Yeah. Uh, who do you got as not hot, Skylar, in the playoffs? Uh, I thought the Sixers looked like shit. I already <laughs> talked about this a little bit. This is literally what I wrote in our notes is Sixers looked like shit. Um, I Yeah, I already talked about this a little bit with uh, JoJo. I just, they just can't get it together. And I, yeah. I don't understand what's happening there, honestly. It's, I honestly, can someone explain? Because I truly do not understand what, what like, why can they just not get it together? It's just Sixers are going to be Sixers at, literally every turn there's an interesting so theory frustrating. that they built a culture of losing but and it was it's a so different, deep and it's so they deep, can't get out of it now but i that's just i don't know it's different players it should be a team that's performing but i just i don't know i don't know if having Embiid is like look at dame and that killer instinct or lebron yeah. and that and you know all these guys that step up and lead these teams versus like an Embiid attitude i don't know if that's i don't know if it's going to break through yeah, I don't know. He's just – I don't think he's the person to lead your team. I don't know. I thought they I looked terrible. The it's leadership qualities. You mentioned Dame. You mentioned LeBron. Look at the way they lead. Look at the way like, MB leads. It's, it's leadership. Yeah. And it kind of – if you look at how they were last season, albeit the best player was probably still Embiid, Butler was the leader. Butler was yeah. the guy who would bring them up. And I don't see that kind of – um, personality from Embiid. I don't see it from Simmons either necessarily. I think he seems to me to be too, uh, you know, um, just just not outgoing enough. Um, yeah. And that's where I think they're going to have an issue similar to, well, probably with not as much success as the Raptors of, of sort of yesteryear where you had DeRozan and, and Lowry who were, you know, albeit they had a much better relationship than Simmons and Embiid, they couldn't decide between the two of them who was going to step up and be that cutthroat leader. Yep. And it took Kawhi coming in to just go, you know, robot style. This is how we're doing it. <laughs> I am the Terminator. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm leading it. Follow me and do as I do. And they haven't got that guy. Yeah. It's, gonna yeah, be it's actually that. exactly what we saw out of uh, Jimmy in that Heat team is exactly what the Sixers were missing in that game mm-hmm. against the Celtics. Yeah. Jimmy uh, Butler's the answer to everything. Is yeah. The conclusion to, to this. Uh, audience of one it's always the answer who's the coolest <laughs> player jimmy butler best fits jimmy butler best coffee shop jimmy butler uh i just have one um shay i've talked about it a little bit like if okc is going to be competitive and and 
give us a good series to watch as fans, like Shea's got to step up. This is his time to show that he is a key player for OKC and nine points isn't going to cut it. So that, that was mine. We've talked about it a little bit before. Uh, and then we had some announce. I was like the announcers, Chris, Chris Weber. It was not a good announcing team. I thought, I thought they were like having technical difficulties while announcing it. What was going on? I saw someone say that he talks like it's, um, like it's the predictive text on like your phone, (laughs) which is so true. It's like, he starts a sentence and he's just like, all right, let's see what comes next, which I also sometimes do on this podcast. So I appreciate it. I just don't know. Like sometimes it would, it felt like someone from off mic would be yelling in like a producer didn't have a mic, but he was just like going back a lot and not like coming back and just like, I'm like, what do you do? What's happening in that booth right now? And he was clearly cheering. It's just like, I don't know what's going on there. He, maybe he's just a bad announcer. Everyone's always yeah. like looking for answers about Chris Weber. He's just bad just at be this. Bad. And JJ roasted him. Did you see that, Mike? <laughs> yeah. Uh, with the poll, how, how soon before you're allowed to mute it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I still prefer him because it's comedic value to some of the other <laughs> teams. Like, I, and I, I hate to do this to your Nuggets, but I'm pretty sure it's the Nuggets on the first few games of the scrimmages where they had the Zoom chat going on at the same time. And they seem to be stuck on the same subject for what felt like two hours. And and for anyone listening, I know that the subject is a game of basketball, but it was like this one (laughs) specific topic within it. I can't remember what it was, but eventually I I saw it was like the third quarter and I was just sitting there with my head in my hands. Why am I watching this commentary? And then I suddenly went, I've got league pass. I can just flip it to the other team. And then I was like, finally. Yeah, I don't think we're very very known in uh, in in the industry for a great media team covering the Nuggets, but that's all right. We can improve. Um, all right, it's let's been wild though. Like the swings between the commentating, like Stan Van is so good at it. Doris yeah. is so good at it, and then we listen to Chris Weber. It's like insane to go from one of the people who's doing it so well to then a game where it's fucking Chris Weber, and I'm not gonna shit on anyone else, but. It's another tough. University. It's weird, the swings. Yeah, another Michigan tie. Um, all right, before we get into that, let's go on to our new segment. Uh, stupid things people are arguing about on the internet. So, Skylar, I'm going to let you launch into this one. Um, you want to set it up? You want me to set it up? Great. I'll set it up. Do it. Uh, I saw a bunch of people arguing on the internet this week about uh, the NBA ratings and if they're down and why they're down. Uh, there was an essay that came out that said that ratings were down because of like the kneeling and the social justice stuff. Uh, I think that's fucking stupid, but I don't know. It's I think there's a lot of stuff that goes into this argument. I think that a lot of times this argument gets really oversimplified. Um, Honestly, ratings have not dropped that much since, like, I don't know, the 80s. Normal seasons? Yeah, it's it's very sensationalized. Um, But also, like, people are cord cutting, and, like, people my age a lot of times just don't have time to watch all these games, so we're catching up on social media. And there's just, there's so much that goes into this argument, and I feel like it gets really oversimplified, and people use this data for just these really bad faith arguments that, they know that people will will latch on to uh, because, you know, they're racist or whatever. Um, but I just, like, I want to remind people that basketball is, is fun. 
and basketball is supposed to be fun. And every once in a while, these stupid ass things come up on the internet where everyone starts arguing about it. And I want to just remind everyone, you don't have to engage on this if you don't want to. And you don't have to talk about this if you don't want to. I personally don't care about the NBA ratings. It literally doesn't affect the game in any way. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to remind people, you don't have to do this and you don't have to engage with trolls. Unfortunately, Trump has made it political where it's like they're kneeling and they're talking about this. So that's why the ratings are going down. And we have a president that's saying that. And then they're comparing it to Tucker, Tucker Carlson, yeah. these awful shows. Oh, they're not performing as well. It's becoming competitive and political, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Cause you're right. There's so many factors that go into it. I mean, the games are like 10 30 AM. Now we're in a global yeah. pandemic. We're in the middle of, so like give people a break and people are consuming the NBA in a lot of different ways. And I think for the UK, Mike, these, these are the best playoff times you could ask for in the UK. You could actually watch them at a reasonable hour. You would think so. But from my personal experience, it's a lot harder. Because Why? At, at the top of the show, I mentioned I've got a son. He goes to bed around that sort of time. Previously, <laughs> I would be getting... So my, my, my commute into London was uh, two hours there, two hours back. So I would be up at 5 a.m. And I would flip on the third quarter of probably a Blazers game. Uh, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I'd watch that through until the time I got on the train. And in the meantime, I'm downloading something from League Pass as well. So that two hours in, I'm watching something. Then I've got my lunch break, which I definitely take now because I'm watching basketball. <laughs> I'm not working through it if it means watching basketball. And then I've got two hours back again. So I'm consuming like six hours just like that without missing out on family time. But now, 6.30, I have to wait till I've got, you know, if I put it on, he wants to watch some kid's TV show and he's just like, daddy, daddy, <laughs> daddy, Mr. Uh, Tumble or whatever, which probably means nothing to you guys because I doubt Mr. Tumble's made it out that far. But <laughs> I found has. it more difficult. So, I, I, you know, when he's gone to bed, then I can go. But it's, it, I found it more difficult. Wow. But that said, I, I think the whole ratings argument is bullshit. Absolute bullshit. And I realize it's very difficult for a white English man to say anything authentic about kneeling um you know and and the impact it has on your country because it's not it's not my experience and again i what can i say that hasn't already been said but it's absolute bullshit because the ratings dropped the minute jordan retired and they've always sort of teetered around the same as skylar was saying you're right cord cutters it's being consumed in different ways you've got league pass now so you you can get past these are tv ratings they don't look at how much is being consumed digitally you can uh you can watch segments of games you don't have to watch the whole thing they would trial something last year where you could watch the last quarter yeah and then what it also doesn't factor in is that these are just american tv ratings the the nba is now a global sport i I hate to sort of try and rip it away from you because we know it's not as big here in the uk but there are people all over the world the amount of australians and people like that i i sort of interact with daily who are just diehard nba fans you go back 15 20 years it's probably not the same situation when i first started watching this this game i had to wait for a saturday morning magazine show i'd have to sneak my tv on late at night when the parents had gone to bed i used to go to my grand's because she had cable and stick the vhs in make sure it was set to long play and try and catch a, a, you know a whole game that way yeah it was mad we would did you guys have pontel videos i doubt it out there but um no pontel was like i'm sorry i'm going off on a tangent pontel was like a german <laughs> still going they're a german company that for an extortionate 15 pounds so what about 20 dollars, they will sell you a single game as an oh my like, god yeah. and so these were like traded you would you'd be like oh um, yeah 
what game have you got? Swapsies and all that kind of stuff. And like, I don't have a game. Well, come on, I'll, I'll lend it to you and then you'd never give it back. Because... Yeah. <laughs> but like the, the way it's consumed now is so different. TV, TV is, hates, like, this is probably a bit extreme, but it's a dying, like, medium. Everything is going online and you yeah. can watch yeah sorry i've just gone on a really random tangent but, i, I yeah. agree though i think it's bullshit and like i can consume games in a really fun way with second screen experiences like if i just follow the nba through twitter i'm gonna exactly. get game highlights commentary i'm gonna get everything and i think that's how a lot of people are going and, and my, my final point is the nba is stressed throughout this restart that black lives matter yeah if you're not watching because you don't agree with that i don't think they give a shit if yeah, you're a fan. no way don't be yeah. a fan if it's it's ridiculous um yeah this is a good one you don't have to argue about this stuff you can just enjoy the games so that's our point people uh, make bad faith arguments on it just don't engage with them yeah Me you don't fun. have to um okay we are going to our next category which uh is skylar's favorite and i always hijack it for something that doesn't fit in this category i'm so sorry skylar mm -hmm. i'm doing it again but this is Fine. our this is our top fits you want to launch us into this one i i mean you're taking it over do you want, no, no, do you want no, to do no. your first, do you want to get your first one out of the way? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll get my first one out. This will be, this is the in-between. This is yeah, the transition. Just get to yours out fits. of the way so that I can get m to my top fits. Uh, and then do you want Mike to vote for his top fit from your categories? Or are we just talking about top fits? We're just talking about some top fits. Okay. I also just have some fit. I have some stuff to roast in my fits today. Great. Uh, new Space Jam jerseys came out. Uh, obviously I was, I think I was, uh, six years old when Space Jam came out. So it's obviously my favorite movie of all time uh, and set me up for a lifetime of basketball fandom. Uh, people are roasting it. I think they're fine. That's my, that's my spicy take. They're fine. I'm going to get one. Interesting. I'm going to enjoy it. I love that Space Jam 2 is back. So I'm just enjoying the entire experience. Uh, and I'm not going to judge the, the outfit and the, and the jersey too heavily. They could have done a better I job, but it could have been a lot worse. At first look, I hated it and I still kind of do, but I feel like I get it more now because I started just like looking at it and thinking about it. This looks like it was made for like, um, oh my God, what's that game? What's that game that you always play? Fortnite. The video game. For it looks like it was made just, for Fortnite. It looks like a Fortnite. Fortnite. <laughs> I just spaced on Fortnite. Um, You're right. It's it very looks Fortnite like a skin for, for Fortnite. Yeah, it's yeah. for it's definitely for kids. So I don't I don't love it, but I feel like I get it now, and I'm just I'm not mad. Do I get a Space Jam jersey uh, skin that I can put on in Fortnite, and there's going to be a Space yeah. Jam promo? That would be amazing. Did you see this, that Mike? Would what be do you amazing. What do you think of the jersey? I hate it. Uh, I, again, in a, in a much more lighthearted and comedic way, I don't think I'm the right person to give an authentic take on fits because I am of a I am of an age where I you know I start looking at the coaches now and I'm like, yeah, I think I could rock that uh, buttoned up casual polo and slacks. Yeah, that that that'd go nicely. Like gone are the days where I used to wear you know the baggy shorts and things like that. Um, yeah. But, You're like yeah, Terry Stotts is looking really good in this interview. That, <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, there is a photo of Terry Stotts in the 70s where he's got the shirt open and the big gold chain, and it's one of my favorite photos. I'll send it to you afterwards and I'll tweet it online. But um, yeah, I, I, I did not like the jerseys. I kind of get it, as, as Skylar was saying. It, it is aimed at kids. Um, it kind of reminds me of like uh, candy, like the colors they use and things yep. like that. And there's that kind of like throwback to- Gobstoppers. 
yeah and you've got kind of like the 90s um colors coming through you know we went through that phase where we all wore because i was of that age at that time the ridiculous colors that all went crazy <laughs> um so i can't i get it but uh, i i like i like the simple ones that were there before all right uh sorry for hijacking skylar let's launch into your top fits of the week great um, so instead of picking top fits for the week, I honestly just want to talk about the OKC versus Houston uh, playoff matchup because this is literally the ultimate fit matchup. <laughs> I don't know how I missed this the off in our playoff battle. preview, but the off court the off court battle is insane. So I'm gonna run through a couple of them. Uh, Shy Shay, whatever Shy. we're going with. Shy? Like, what is it? Is uh, it shy or shay? Uh, I would say, oh, good question. Say it, no hesitation. Shy. Shy. Let's go with shy. shy okay, I had originally time, but... said shy. I thought it was shay. Right. You got it right then. Who knows? We're going to go with shy. SGA. Uh, we've waffled on this a lot. Uh, yeah, we'll go SGA. Okay, SGA is just, he's one of, like, just the fit gods in within the NBA at this point. He's had a quick rise within the Fitz community in the NBA, uh, giving his coach some pointers on drip before the game. Yeah, I love I love to see it. Um, of course, we got Russ on the sideline. He wasn't playing, of course, but that's a good thing for me because we get to see him in a fit on the sideline uh, in his leather shorts and his tattered end racism shirt. It's just, it was such a classic Russell outfit. Like that's exactly what I picture Russell in. But it was just, I loved it. And it's he was so obnoxious on the sideline during that game. And I love watching <laughs> him do that. Um, and then PJ Tucker, just the most incredible collection of shoes. Uh, walk, it's cool like to see them kind of adjust to the bubble walk-in. So they've all kind of started adjust. They've all started carrying their shoes in with them. And it's funny to see them like match the shoes they're going to play in in the game to like their shoes they're wearing to walk into the game with the outfit they're wearing to walk into the game it's like a whole lot of coordination right now that is really interesting to see and pj tucker came in with those uh unreleased drake uh jordan 16s that were so crispy uh love to see it so i'm just so excited to see the rest of the series and all the incredible fits we got out of it so should we do a bracket skylar of which teams have the best fits and then they get to advance and it's just like an all fits team at the end. Maybe, maybe. I mean, league fits did this where they had like first team, second team, third team. But for players, I'm talking guys. teams. Like if you just maybe judge teams. the team by their fits, their entry fits, yeah. who wins these? Honestly, Houston is probably the winner just yeah. off the top of my head. They're so good. Didn't PJ Tucker bring like a hundred different pairs of sneakers in or something? Yeah. Insane? There's a room for them. Yeah. yeah. I think he I has think like the these went. big bags that he carries them in that carry like hundreds of shoes at once. It's incredible. He has 6,000 pairs at home. Love this matchup. Do you think the Rockets are edging out OKC now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they always okay. have. Okay. That's fair. Mike, what do you think? Rockets? Trailblazers? Who's your I'm top fit team? I'm my head around why anyone would wear leather shorts in the humidity of Florida. Fashion, yeah. Mike. That's. Yeah, no, I get it. It's a statement, but this guy's this is this is where I'm at now. This guy's carrying a quad injury, so he must be there. Must be some compensation in his the way he walks and his gait at the moment that could create a necessary chafage and prolong. This, <laughs> I 
I don't think he's taking Maybe it's compression. Now. Maybe it's Maybe a rehab it is thing. Compression. It's Maybe sweat it's like, and it just um, sucks. Yeah, it just really was, was it pulls friends it down. when Ross pulled on the leather pants and oh my <laughs> Maybe that is the compression, and he's yeah. just all talked up, and he's, yeah. But I feel like Russell is more comfortable in leather than anything else. I feel like we see Russell in leather pants almost nonstop, so maybe that's just what he's more comfortable in. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, anything else in the fits category, Skylar? Yeah, I saw a lot of people talking about the Lakers hats, uh, the MAGA spoof hats that said, arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. Um they, I didn't, they're not great, honestly. I just, I want MAGA spoof hats to, to go away gone. and never come back. Like, yep. you're just giving power to Donald Trump and his supporters every time. Like, it's not doing what you think it's doing. And, I, like, even the ones that they wore yesterday, I had to, like, really squint and look and zoom in to see what it said. And I just, it wasn't a great look. And when I saw Braun wearing it, I was like, all right, Braun's heart's in the right, in the right place, but this isn't the right look. Like... Maybe talk to our girls in the WNBA. They seem to really have it together. Yep. And then I saw the entire team come out in them, and I was like, oh, no. this is a tough look. All I know is that I think it was Carl Kuzma's idea. Carl. Carl. All right, we got to move on. We're going to go to best bubble moments. I'm going to start this one off because I mentioned it previously. When Donovan Mitchell drops 57 on you and then you leave the arena and you just see him hanging out at the lunch tables. It just, it's a lot of high school vibes, a lot of like you meet at gym class and you have like a competitive game of basketball and then you just see them in the lunch room or locker room afterward. It's just hilarious how these guys are all together. And we've seen this pretty consistently where it's like they'll like IG, you know, IG live each other and they'll be like, why do I always see you? Like get out of the pool area. Like they're just like getting mad at They just have to see the other team so much. But it's just hilarious that Jamal Murray just like immediately after beating the Jazz in overtime has to see Donovan Mitchell sitting at the table and gets to roast him as he goes by. It's a great moment. Yeah. I also think it's funny, like during the regular season, I think we can, I don't know how you, I don't think about this that much, but like after a player has like an insane night, like I picture them going to like clubs and like people being like, oh, you had a great game tonight. Like I picture it being like, I picture them going and doing cool stuff after having these really good games. And so it's really funny to like see Donovan Mitchell. I mean, obviously they lost, but he had a great game. And then just to see him like just sitting at a table outside, like on Instagram, I was like, this is really killing all my illusions of the NBA right now. It makes them very, it humanizes them a lot. It makes them feel like they're just normal guys who are like, oh, all right, I'm going to go get my smoothie and just like scroll through Instagram after a loss at the table outside. He's like, that was a tough day at work. It's like all of us. Uh, Mike, did you have any favorite bubble moments from the last couple of weeks? Well, well, just on that one, it's it's things like the the 1 a.m., bathtub they're the ice tubs yeah, that the blazers yeah. are doing like you can you, you, you imagine them to be going out and celebrating no they're, they're sat by the pool at 1 a.m they're probably walking back to their rooms after most of the lights have gone off and there's just some night janitor walking by sweeping yeah, going, <laughs> yeah good game mate nice one um <laughs> but, uh, for, for me in the last few days it's got to be noah with the sage yeah it's, yeah like, it's just the most yoking noah thing that you could do um but really makes me, again, I'm showing my age here, makes me worry about the fire alarm systems these hotels have got. <laughs> Seriously. How is that not setting anything off? That's that's ridiculous. They must have disabled them, which is, you know, speculate why that would happen however you want. But um, <laughs> strikes me as a very Phil Jackson thing to do. And I actually suddenly went down a, a rabbit hole of, imagine if Noah and Jackson 
were were somehow you know whether it was in a, you know go back in time and he was coached by Jackson or whether they go back even further in time and they were both on the Knicks at the same time I think that would be one of the coolest duos in NBA history <laughs> just with their weird science and their and their spirituality yeah. and yeah everything they do don't call it weird Brian uh, it's weird alternative no. weird just means not normal so it's not a negative connotation in the way I'm saying rude. it when I first saw As it, someone though, who loves sage that is so rude I, I think I only saw the smoke in the first so I thought he just had a gigantic <laughs> joint and he was just like walking down the hallway and I was like what because I, I, I was completely unsurprised that would be Noah but then I'm like oh okay it's sage he's going and going it to the door um, also, as his Instagram name is like Sticky Icky or like yes. something like that, like just walking around with a giant I joint. Was, that's what I thought it was. Uh, all right, Skylar, what's been your favorite bubble moment? Um, I will say the Joakim Noah was probably my favorite this week. I'm a big fan of him. Love to see it. I thought it was so funny. Um, you know, I already talked about Jimmy a little bit, so I'll just hit <laughs> this very quickly. Uh, he set up a coffee shop in the bubble because, you know, Indiana just can't give him anything to work with. He's just bored after these games. He's not getting that competitive edge enough. Sheesh. I'm just taking my moment to talk yeah, my shit about Jimmy Butler right I now. Um, and so he, he set up a coffee shop, and it's just like exactly what you would expect out of a Jimmy Butler coffee shop. He says that there are no IOUs allowed, and... There is a small, medium, and large size available, and they are all $20. So it's just <laughs> exactly what you expect out of Jimmy. And I'm glad that he is uh, channeling all that energy that is getting pent up uh, somewhere else into yeah. a side hustle. Love to see it. And also, Dame's dropping music. I, didn't, I missed this. Is he? Yeah. I think he dropped some, some music. He's got recording studio in his room. Well, a, he's got recording equipment in his room. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of time to kill. They can't, be, they can't be scrolling through social media all day and hanging out by the pool. Yeah, so he <laughs> hits the logo shots, he, he gets into the playoffs, and then he goes back and is inspired and records a song. Good for Dame. Yeah. Good for Dame. All right, that's all I got for this week's Tea Time. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Skylar, as always, thank you for joining us. And uh, the spirit of Jimmy Butler lives in every episode. Uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs>